Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So... Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. The venue today, the stage today, we are joined by yet another agency rock star. Uh, my name is Dan. I'm your host. I'm your MC for the show. You are in for a treat because I am joined by the uh, founder and the creative director of Syrup Marketing. His name is Benj Miller. Benj, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. I don't know if I've ever been a rock star before. Man, listen, you uh, you look like it. You've got the, the wonderful look of a rock star, and I think that you have the attitude. So we'll, we'll go with it, right? Why not? It, it's all a costume to make up for my extremely introverted hermit, keep to myself. <laughs> it's my security blanket. Look tough. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I've heard that the real rock stars often are introverts, so you're in good company. So, Benj, let's start kind of with the the easy question, right? Tell me just a little bit about your journey with Syrup Marketing and how you got into running an agency. Yeah. So, um, man, it goes all the way back to I was literally 17 years old and uh, I was going to my church. It was kind of one of these big multimedia churches. And we, uh, I was, as a 17 year old on this team where we were planning this, the services and events for the college kids. And we kept having these just killer video ideas and we would pass it off to a video guy and they just always fell flat. And so I went to like the main media guy and I was like, Hey, can you teach me how to do that? And he's like, uh, sure. So I learned under him. He was awesome teacher and mentor and, you know, to, to do the video, then I had to learn the photography. I had to learn the, the overlays, the animation, the graphic design and um, enjoyed that way more than the actual video side. So fast forward a couple of years, I'm in college, I'm living in a quad with a bunch of computer science, computer engineering guys, and I'm surfing the web. You know, this is 19, let's call it 1998. Yeah, 1998. So like we hadn't even hit the dot-com bubble yet. And so I'm surfing the web and all these websites just look awful, right? Like most people listening probably have no idea what the infancy of the web looked like. But oh, um, so I was like, hey, Aaron, this dude, you know, my quad. And it's like, if I designed a website, could you actually build it? And he was like, uh, yeah, that's easy. So I'm like, cool, let's do it. So we, uh, I went out and sold a couple and we built a couple. So that, that was the beginning. That's how it started. Um, I, I had several jobs, uh, tried to go out on my own a couple times and failed. And um, I ended up in Atlanta. I'm from Ohio. Ended up in Atlanta working for an agency. Uh, quickly over a two-year period, went from graphic designer to senior graphic designer to art director to uh, creative director in that agency and found myself working for the CEO. And that did not go well. We just were <laughs> oil and vinegar and oil and water, whatever don't mix. Yeah. And um, so we we had an I quit, you're fired conversation. And I found <laughs> myself as a as we all do when we're out of work in the creative space, I was now a freelancer. And um, that 
you know, my, my greatest ambition at that moment was, can I make as much money as I was for that agency working by, on my own? And that was it. That was, that was as far as the visionary vision in me was going at that moment. Uh, but what happened is people were attracted to it and I needed help and I needed some account people. I needed more designers. I needed more developers. And we kind of grew an agency and we went through several variations of what that looked like. It took us a long time to find our sweet spot. You know, that expression of it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely true. Um, 2010, I absolutely wrecked the company through, you know, bad leadership. Um, I didn't know what I was doing because I was just this freelance graphic designer with a bunch of friends around me helping get projects done. And, uh, but it was through that experience that, um, I fell in love with business building. I went and learned everything you could about building a business. I'm sure I have more to learn. Um, but I love that side of it way more than ever being a graphic designer working on the projects. I love building the businesses. Interesting. So, so often I've heard stories of like, yeah, similar. I was a graphic designer or I was a writer or whatever. And I created this agency because I'm I'm unemployable. Um, I want to be my own boss. And then like, and I miss that. I, now I have to work on the business rather than work in it. And, And they do it successfully, but they seem to often miss that for you. It's, it's the other way around. You like to build a business. I, I found my, calling, so to speak, through the process of, of moving and elevating out of, yeah, some people are just made to do the arts. You know, it, it's one of the hard things is having these like uber ridiculously, I've worked with some of the most amazing talented artists ever. And you just don't want to promote them out of that sweet spot because there's, that is their sweet spot. And it's hard, you know, you can, you can give them raises, but the upward trajectory, like, no, dude, you should never go do a client pitch as a creative director. Like you're too amazing at just doing the thing. And you can't articulate what's inside that beautiful mind of yours. Like you can't even tell me why that's a good idea, but I can tell the client why that's a good idea, Mm. but you just need to keep designing because you're amazing. Kind of stay in your lane thing. Um, So Bench, how do you go from that? Like solopreneur, freelancer, having a, a lifestyle business into scaling this real, this real business. I mean, obviously part of it is you love scaling it, but what's the secret to, to growing over the years for you? All right. So let's disclaimer first. I don't believe, I would never use the, the word scale. I don't believe we've scaled. Um, and that was never our intention. What we did set out to do is create one of the most durable agencies that could be out there durable meaning we could withstand market conditions we could withstand clients you know a couple clients going away we could withstand a couple employees going away we wanted to be durable we wanted to be able to outlast any of these imposing forces Hmm. Uh, that's what we set out to do and so getting really clear on what we wanted was huge so Hmm. many leaders of businesses, they're going about it, but they don't really know what they want. Do you want a $40 million exit in three years? Okay. Say that, put it on the paper, build a plan, but you're never going to get there unless you get clear about what you want. Hmm. The second thing that we did, um, are you familiar with Jim Collins hedgehog concept? Yeah. All right. So we had been familiar with that and we had taken some stabs at it over and over and over. But one of our breakthroughs was figuring out what our true economic engine was and using that as a filter for so many decisions. Cause we were prone to what do all agencies do? Oh, there's a project. Of course we can do it. Let's yeah. take it. 
Yep. Why would we narrow our focus? Why would we narrow our niche? We can serve all these people. We're really good at it. I knew for years, I, I was the one in meeting telling clients, you need a tighter niche. You need to narrow your focus. But we were scared to death to do it. Uh, mostly because I don't think we had really found what it was. But when we found that, and, and um, I'll give you know my business partner, Jason Ogden, all the credit for this because... I'm like the eternal optimist that says yes to everything. Like they don't let me hire people anymore. Cause I'm like, you just need a good home. You know, the, the raggly mutt that's running around the backyard. Like you'd be a great dog if you know, you just had some bath and whatever. So I'm the optimist in, in the group. So, but I couldn't say no, but he could. So he got really clear on who we were going to let in the doors, both on the employee side and most important, the customer side. And that changed everything for us. Yeah. I like that durable versus scaling. That's a really interesting perspective. Um, and it seems like it's working for you. So so let's talk a little bit about that, that niche that you talk about. Um, I'd like to find out who you work with through a story. Um, can you give me a win on how you've, uh, like a specific way you've really helped one of your, your clients win? Yeah. Uh, and, and what's interesting about our niche is for a moment, we thought we were going to be um, e-com and home services. That was like what we were going to focus on because we could to use a weird analogy. We could control the whole drivetrain all the way through that sales process. So there wasn't like a complex sale that some somebody, you know, we were dependent on the company to go follow up and close the sale and whatever. We could control the whole thing and kind of own our destination. Um, the irony is we ended up on the complete opposite side of that. We are a B2B firm. We love professional services and we love SaaS businesses. And most of the SaaS businesses are complex enough that it requires a, a demo and a sales. And, and so um, one of our differentiators is that we're not going to come in and be tactical. Like one of our keywords, our red flags in a sales meeting is if customers like, we just need this. Can you just do this? We're way more holistic, right? So yeah, we could just do that, but we're not going to. So let us introduce you to a few other people. Um, So uh, we've got most boring industry. We've got a a large uh, insurance company in our portfolio. Um, Middle market, not like one of these, you know, on commercial size insurance companies, but um, you know, we're in Atlanta, they're decent size, uh, but they're really good people. And we took them through the whole brand process so that they could really articulate who they are and what their market is. We actually helped through that process. We never promised this, but their business model actually changed through going through that brand process where um, one of the things that they thought was the tip of their spear actually became this concierge backend service for their clients only. It was a really cool twist um, Mm -hmm. that took something that was the flagship for decades and made it almost this exclusive club that people had to get in. Um, and you had to be buying some of these other services to even know about it, um, which really helped their sales conversations, their conversion. It took them out of the me too conversation. And um, we think about, you know, we're, we're creating the air coverage for them. So they're out there in the market, they're speaking, they're networking, but when anybody gets on their LinkedIn, their social, the uh, signs up for their email, you know, we're cultivating. We have a, we have a framework. We give it away actually, if you're interested in it's on the website, certmarketing.com, but we have a framework that, and um, instead of sitting down and going to a whiteboard every quarter with these guys, we go and we grade the funnel and we say, what do we want to prioritize for the next 90 days? And 
uh, that creates focus for them, focus for us, and really clear, honest conversations throughout the process. Hmm. That's cool. And I, and I love that it, it flipped their business model. Like not just, yeah, we brought in leads. We did this. We, you know, had some media impressions. You turned their business around. That's incredible. Yeah. What's, um, what kind of pain points are you seeing right now with your clients and in the industries and in the in industries that you serve? Yeah. So when, when COVID came around, you know, a year ago, we had transitioned our portfolio to 85% uh, B2B businesses. So B2B mid-size, we're talking five to 75 million in annual revenue. Um, the only issues we had was, were with the, uh, I think there were three B2C companies still in our portfolio, like legacy clients we've been serving forever mm-hmm. um, that we hadn't transitioned out. Those were the only three that had issues uh, tied to COVID, you know, because they're consumer businesses. Everybody just froze up and, but the B2B space, you, business had to go on. And so right. they, they, and for a marketing agency to not lose that momentum during that time felt like the greatest pat on the back for us, for all of the work we had done over the last five years, focusing on durability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clients in the client space, the, need, the, the pain points, you know, what do they always want? They always want more leads. <laughs> it, but yeah. it's, it's kind of like, I always want a six pack. Right. Like, but am I going to go to the gym every day? Am I going to invest that time? Am I going to choose what I put in my mouth, what I eat? Uh, am I going to, you know, drink all weekend? You know, the decisions have to line up with that, that desire. And so a lot of times when we get clear, um, oh, you want more leads, but that's not usually where the problem is. You know, yeah. what's their churn look like? Churn's a really fun conversation because, yeah. um, and I'll plug us again. We have a great white paper on this, but you know, churn is a marketing problem. It's a sales problem. It's a customer success success problem. It's an operations problem. So it's really complex, but there's way more opportunity in people's churn than there is new leads. Hmm. Is that somewhat of a, a pivot on the horizon for agencies to, instead of, maybe not every agency, but instead of thinking only, marketing beginning of the of the journey one to many conversations it's more about that churn and having a holistic point of view of if we can reduce your churn everything else falls into place um i don't know i'm not smart enough to be like a voice for the industry i think <laughs> that that's been a priority for us for our customers cuz remember we're going back to growing our customers in maturity and revenue and the maturity comes first. And so we're going to work on those, the processes, the systems, the technologies, because, you know, we're not going to go fill a leaky bucket for you. We're just not going to. And that's where that just comes in. Can you just get us more leads? We could, but we're not going to. There's plenty of companies out there that are great at that. And so to answer your question, I think, um, just like I said, everybody's got to get clear on their destination. People have to get clear on what they're great at. And agencies are great at different things. So there is no answer. And that's one of the risks of listening to people, you know, talk on a podcast, right? You're like, oh, they do this. And it's like, yeah, that works for them, but they were made for that. What are you made for? Mm-hmm. That's a great perspective. That's so good. Um, and I kept thinking rolling around in my head was when you said, can you just, can we just go viral? That's the one I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, 
<laughs> awesome. Well, I, so I have one, one fun question coming up, but I want to make sure, Benj, that everybody who's listening, uh, who is enjoying our conversation can connect with you, with Syrup Marketing, with you personally. Where do you send yeah. folks? Yeah. Um, you can go to benjmiller.com, B-E-N-J, miller.com. Um, and from there, uh, I've got a coaching business. And then you can get over to Syrup Marketing and all the other fun stuff I'm a part of. Excellent. One place to rule them all. One ring to, anyway, uh, get super nerdy there on yet. So listen, Benj, uh, I'd love to see you, you, you turn a business around, you, you flipped it on their head. You do things a little bit out of the box. It sounds like, um, so let's talk about counterintuitive advice. Is there anything that you've learned or heard over the years that seems counterintuitive at first, but has that, that major impact on your business once you embrace it? Mm, uh, that's a super great question. Um, all right. So I don't know if this is super intuitive, but uh, I'm getting older and here's where I feel like I'm, I'm learning. So this may not be super intuitive, but I don't think you can really understand it until you've experienced it. And it's the saying or the idea that we overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what we can do in a really long amount of time. It's kind of the, the idea of compounding interest, right? Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world. And if we would get focused and commit to something and not jump off of it, right? Like we're, you know, and build the plan and move toward it. What we can do if we allow enough of ourselves enough time, time is like the greatest enemy and the greatest asset. And if we can build with a longer perspective, you know, if you want to change the world, uh, you, you can't do that overnight. If you want to build a great company, it's not going to happen overnight. We live in this instant society, right? And so everybody's moving toward the quick fix and the Instagram ad where everybody can fix your everything in one, you know, two seventy nine coaching program, just click here. Right. But, but the reality is it takes hard work. It takes focus. It takes discipline. And so we've got to give ourselves the grace to go the marathon. Give ourselves the grace to go the marathon. That's a new way to say that one, Benj. That was cool. I like that. Um, and also, so I'm going to make sure I like we, we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what we can do in the long term. Is that how you said yeah. that? Yeah. So good. So good. Excellent. Well, listen, Benj, it was a great to have you on the show. I appreciate it very much. Listeners, make sure you go to benjmiller.com. Check him out there. You find him on, uh, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Benj, man, thanks for being a rock star, my friend. You are a rock thanks star. Thanks for the invite, Dan. <laughs> appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.